Ready? Boom, welcome to the simulation. My name is Tristan Blake, filling in for Alan Sakyan, interviewing Alan Sakyan. What's up, Tristan? Thanks for having me. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, uh, it's funny, you know, I, I love these kind of like role reversals. You, um, it's always interesting to experience things from two perspectives, right? From the perspective of, let's say, an investor and the perspective of a, um, someone looking for, you know, a startup company, right? Once you do both, you really get a sense for all the sides. I mean, have you ever done something like this before? Like where the roles are switched? Yeah. Yeah, it rarely happens. When it does happen, it's usually really profound um, exploration. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, uh, I'm, I'm really interested to ask a lot of questions here. Uh, I think a lot of people want to know kind of where do when, what inspired you to create this series i mean how many episodes has it been like we're 600 in yeah. 600 conversations yeah right uh to me that's obsession uh the the only thing that i uh, the, the only human characteristic that i truly like embrace and love to you know measure and, and experience what made you obsessed about 600 episodes what made you obsessed to do this thing to to have all these conversations and to bring this information and, and put in a lot of work to let everybody experience it with you. Kind of what motivated that? I really appreciate you wanting to, to interview me and ask these questions. And um, hopefully it can shed some light on um, what may be uh, helpful for other people. And... This, uh, a lot of this, uh, has now become about the nature of reality. Why are we here? Why was this made? What's actually going on? How do we inspire other people to care about these most first principled questions? What are they uniquely blueprinted for? How can they bring those gifts into the world? Talking to all these leaders at the edge of their fields and trying to gain insight from what they're doing and inspire other people to get to the edge of these fields. And this is a very polymathic show, so we feature scientists, entrepreneurs, spiritual leaders, people that study blockchain and crypto, AI and robotics, biotech, neurotech, geopolitics, geoeconomics, the deepest parts of the human psyche regarding meditation, psychedelics, um, feelings of interconnectedness, feelings of ego death. I mean, we're just so deeply all over the place that hopefully it gives people a deeper insight into the nature of the reality. And that's initially it started that way a couple years ago was just this list of really thought-provoking questions that I sent you um, and many other leaders that I knew. And I sent this list over and it was just a lot of responses in 2017 from people that were like, this is the best list of questions. This is your probing reality with the most, with the best compression algorithms of questions that can then elicit the most interesting responses from people. Um, and this is juxtaposed with things like, you know, let's talk about the weather, let's talk about sports, yeah. you know, that type of stuff. And so when you want to gain a better understanding of the world that you're in, you have to formulate these complex uh, multivariate questions and then ask other leaders those questions and just become obsessive with them. And that's what the last 600 episodes has been. And it's been across different 
places in the world. It's not just been the United States, which has been really interesting. Um, most recently, we came back from uh, almost three weeks in Beijing, Hangzhou, Shanghai, doing interviews in China, interviewing Chinese principal investigators um, and leaders there, professors. And it was super fascinating because, you know, you're immersed more into um, a completely different uh, culture of evolution. And it's very fascinating to hear their perspectives. But it's also fascinating to see the similarities yeah and so we hope to you know continue going to places like india or saudi arabia or europe south america there's all different beautiful places to go around the world and to uh and to interview their leaders there and to show that um we are all one in this big global communion that we're having and and uh and hopefully that's what we can um continue showcasing that's yeah, it's a lot about the question and not about the answer um, and getting people awakened to the process of asking the best questions possible. I think it takes a lot of courage um, to ask that question. I think a lot of people in high school and even before that kind of want to talk about these things. But uh, I, I just I remember myself, I wasn't allowed to talk about them. I, it was just weird, I guess. And finally, like now uh, here in California, we're able to discuss this uh, regularly with uh, almost anyone, you know, even in the checkout counter. Uh, it's, it's kind of okay. But I think in a lot of places, it's still not okay to ask profound questions. Mm. And, and I think that you're actually expressing a lot of courage and asking on behalf of a lot of people. So that's cool. I appreciate that. Thank you for Thanks. 600 uh, <laughs> questions worth, 600 uh, sessions worth of questions uh, to these extraordinary people. What are some of the favorite interviews that you had? This is always a hard question um, so, because they've all been so instrumental in like shaping my worldview over time and I hope the worldview of other people that view the, the show. Um, yeah, it's always hard picking favorites. Um, yeah, it's really hard. If you had to choose uh, three. Yeah, this is again, this you know, is not so favorite. Hard. How about just the uh, ones that stood out a lot unexpectedly? How about that? And then there's all these things that account for like the recency bias. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, towards like the last couple versus <laughs> the ones that happened like episode 100 or whatever. You know, it's just harder to um, to remember. Um, yeah, and also over the last two years, my worldview just becoming more and more uh, closer to the feelings of interconnectedness or communion with the source that we're all a part of. That it just it makes me uh, makes me feel like the most recent conversations have been the most uh, profound for me, um, and that's just the part of I think the evolution of consciousness and the flowering of a flower as a human is just that these ones that have been most recent are the ones that are closest to the the, the deepest parts of the evolution of my psyche and so i'm biased to um to talk about um to talk about them and um just uh yeah and then they, they pretty much have to do with the theme of you know why are we here why are we here what is this big thing that's been created what's the purpose of it why are we all embedded in it where is it all going um and how can we identify what we're uniquely blueprinted for and bring those gifts to the world and how can we build a social fabric that maximizes the potential of people bringing those unique gifts forward and that's i guess this big part of this um 
who I am that I'm trying to share with other people and um, just disseminate content that um, people have probably noticed that we've had many like little shorter videos happening on our channel, like shorter mm -hmm. couple minute videos around this exact theme. Um, and eventually down the line, having other forms of content that's multimedia around this specific theme itself. So I'm glad that it's, you know, definitely formed into this um, specific uh, ethos over the last couple of years. And I'm, just deeply grateful that uh, people care enough to watch and people care enough to be guests on it uh, and that um, that we have the opportunity to um, to help uh, transmit something that is of value to people that gets them uh, more uh, awakened and more um, uh, conscious and more uh, aligned with their deepest purpose in the pl in the world so yeah thank you thank you. How, how did I'm actually curious how has this changed you so do you do you kind of have you sensed that you've been changing through this period i mean every you know you have a record of the way you see the world and you can recall it in every episode yeah so how do you feel that it has changed you over time uh you know from episode one were there kind of periods or points that you just recall being extremely just transition periods where you were not the same interesting you, any yeah, moments yeah, like yeah. that that you could recall i really like this question yeah this is a really good one like going back and thinking about all of the times that my uh, consciousness has been shifted to new ways of of thinking that have uh, made it impossible to go back to the old ways. Mm -hmm. Those are some of my favorite questions. Um, yeah, um, I guess probably one of my one of my favorite ones that's that's happened um, quite recently is that um, there there seems to be some sort of a of a of a calling that we're all a part of um whether we're awake to it or not whether we're just embedded in the economic machinery or we're maybe a little bit more awake and actually asking this question of what we're all building and why we're building it mm -hmm. and um that's the question um that's awakened me probably the most um recently is what are we all building and a lot of it is actually heard in the um, the question that we started asking at the end of every episode, which is, mm -hmm. um, is humanity a biological bootloader for digital superintelligence? Um, and we are, we're, you know, we're approaching that time where it's, it's really about figuring out um, our own spirituality, our own ethics, our own morals, our own... Um, uh, deepest parts of of our own psyches and the collective purpose to figure out what are we building and why are we building it and we have to embed these styles of thinking at the biggest technology companies in the world the biggest governments in the world the biggest uh, uh people that control so much of the monetary supply and the and um the resource supply around the planet um because we're approaching a massive intelligence revolution. We talked about it in our last episode with you about computational renaissance. Well, if what's about to happen is going to be um, 
building digital super intelligences and we already saw this with the united states a a great amount of um of of uplifting people into newer standards of living but also an extreme amount of inequality that's created um and if we aren't careful about what we're building and why we're building it and how to democratize the fruits of the revolutions that we're going through so that they can be in access to all people to maximize everyone's prosperity. Um, that's been such a profound shift for me. Like you look and it's literally just looks like on one side you have indigenous people that are still interconnected to their land, to each other, to the animals, plants, to everything, just still in deeply interconnected. And on the other half, the absolute other dichotomy to it is us living in metropolises, completely disconnected from the stars, completely disconnected from each other, even though we live on top of each other. We exchange a sheet of paper for the apple instead of understanding that the apple was actually grown by the star and gives us energy through the star. And we that and that aspect of disconnection to the interconnectedness is, I believe, the root of all of the issues that we have as society. So if we're not going to look and implement some of these very fundamental aspects of interconnectedness in the future building that we're going to, it's going to be a disconnected, separation-focused future rather than an interconnected, flourishing future. That's the next world that Ori and I are so passionate about. And we have people that work with us, Brady, Angel, we have so many other people that have helped build what we're doing, Ron, so many other people that have moved this ball forward with us in that specific direction. All 600 of the guests have moved us in that specific direction. My consciousness being shifted there is a product of all of these other people um, around us. We stand on the shoulders of giants. And if we're not concerned about that very big purpose about what we're building and why we're building it, um, and children and adults aren't passionate about that question, then we're building blindly and that's an issue. So I hear I hear you. I have a question, and uh, this is one that I struggle with myself. So uh, your answer, uh, I'm, ans I'm going to be answering it in my head as you answer. <clears throat> Why do you care? What makes you responsible for the larger system? Why, wh wh why would you be responsible for it rather than just not be, just do your own thing? What makes you feel this? Um, incredible responsibility to help or to drive the right decisions kind of what is that uh, inside and and where does that come from well this is also an excellent question um, there is no separation between me you all the other humans all the other plants animals there is no such thing as separation. And because of that, it drove, drives me to want to make sure that everything is going in the highest possible direction. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's just become something that's so true to my nature that I can't even go away from it. Every moment of my life is geared towards that highest possible nature that we can all be a part of. There is no separation. It's all one big, beautiful one that's happening. And um, we're all a part of that one. And I don't want, I don't want it to go into a uh, 
of less than highest possible calling. And so I battle relentlessly every single day for it to go to its highest possible calling. And that includes a lot of really hardcore protocol design. Mm -hmm. It requires architecting the future. It's not just some, I'm going to sit in a cave and that's it. Meditate on it. Yeah. It's not that. It's bringing your profound interconnectedness to the matrix. Yeah. And shining the interconnectedness in the fabric of the matrix to where the fabric of the matrix becomes only interconnected. And that's it. Children are born instead of saying you're separate, you're separate, this apple is separate, everything's separate, you're separate from the air, etc., the water. It's you're interconnected with the air, the water, with each other. Your words directly influence who I am and what I become. Yeah. And there's just no other way to, to look at it besides that way. And um, bringing the world closer and closer to that truth of interconnectedness, of unity, of oneness. Um, it's just being an absolute uh, martyr for that future, period. I will die for that future. And I'm happy that it's finally come to that. Um, uh, there's nothing more than that highest calling then upgrading civilization to that highest calling nothing else exists to me mm-hmm. besides that so you know that's 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 a really interesting uh perspective and uh i i think that right now um you know you could you always have to measure kind of is this happening to us or are we doing it right so a lot of people come to me as a scientist and they go like um, you know, you guys are uh, creating this AI and I'm like, no, 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 no. I don't think you understand. This is happening to us and we're the only ones trying to um, <laughs> uh, do it right. But this is something that's happening and now we all need to figure it out, but you got to contribute, right? So, so you're contributing. Um, what do you get for it? What have you gotten for it so far? gotten um for the process of the contribution the last answer just was yeah it's getting awakened for the interconnectedness that you've been doing what have you received and what have you lost as a result i know i lost a wife in a relationship yeah yeah. this is you know this is very very serious question yeah this is a very serious question how much do you care about what you're talking about yeah because uh Many people talk about um, talk big games, and they're not willing to sacrifice um, going to the bar. That's like the war, that's like the most simple one to sacrifice. They're mm-hmm. not willing to sacrifice watching sports games. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not willing to sacrifice video games. They're not willing to sacrifice. These are get a little harder. Sacrifice time with friends. Sacrifice. Mm-hmm. A, a girlfriend or a wife or a husband or a boyfriend mm-hmm. um, not willing to sacrifice um, these are this becomes this becomes strange here because at some point if you're also not exercising eating healthy you're not sleeping enough you contribute. you're not contributing anyway right. you're 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 actually taking all of the potential that you could be contributing and you're sacrificing it because you think you're being smart and sleeping 4 hours no. when you're literally not able to press the save button as much on the data that you were trying to store from the previous day and you're not as ready for the data that you're about to take in that next day because you just didn't sleep that well so there's like this there's 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 some sort of a like equilibrium there's an equilibrium of sorts here where you gotta drop the mundane bullshit 
um, and hyper focus on what you're blueprinted for um, and parse for the right signals in the world. And that includes people, but also understand that you're only going to have so much time to ask your mom and dad questions about who your family is and where mm-hmm. you came from and you're only going to have so much time to to um to 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 understand what love is mm-hmm. and to dive into that beautiful relationship of love with another human at that like cellular twin flame level mm-hmm. um and so uh you know you're you're only going to have so much time that you can go out and and like literally hug a tree mm-hmm. and go through the process of literally hugging that tree oh, yeah. and making sweet love to nature. Oh, yeah. Sweet, sweet love. And I mean laying there and letting the bird chirps just penetrate your spirit yeah. and knowing what that feels like and not in some sort of like a way that is around the uh i'm watching this video on youtube of this bird chirping yeah no but so so i just came from the redwood forest and uh i spoke to some of those trees man there's an ancient wisdom inside of them uh this kind of silence this deep old ancient silence that uh, you can only understand and appreciate once you uh actually spend time with these things you know so yes. I, like it's it's these are living organisms that yes. have a lot of sto- a lot of history a lot of uh, yes. stories they've seen yes. a lot yes wow the lineages from them for the longest time and um you also ask about what is to gain from this and what you gain from it is you gain an unprecedented level of waking up every single morning with a fire under your ass yeah purpose meaning period mm-hmm. yes yeah i like people uh so i have this uh little podcast i'm kind of working on a little bit it's called the speed of freedom it's actually about uh, kind of going forward and and leaving all of your fears behind and just pursuing your passions and that's why i've always respected you because you actually pursue your passions and you fight your fears you know you you kind of hurdle over them and uh, and over time um i i think what i've been observing uh as a as a kind of um you know observer that people people have so much potential that that they could really be releasing and they're always they self-restrict themselves they um they stop themselves from achieving their dreams and their goals and it takes very small kind of conversations or small things to push them over I'm, i'm all about that and uh, one of the things that I find that intelligent people do actually is to explore a territory or a question before everybody else does at risk to themselves. They sail out Columbus and Magellan, all these explorers, they sail out into this yeah. dark, deep uh, ocean and Heroes they explore yeah. and they might not come back. But if they do, they have answers yes. that others are too afraid to go out and and understand so what i love about uh that is uh, and i guess uh, for for you kind of what i'm picking up on is uh, you have a deep uh ecosystem intelligence right knowing where you are in the ecosystem is very important and knowing your place and role in that ecosystem and and how it, it you interact with it is a is a form of intelligence or a form of um yeah, it's like your place in nature. Yeah. To appreciate that is to be, I guess, completed in some ways, to be in the right forest or the right, you know, under the right tree. 
Yeah, yeah <laughs> that's that's a great way to put it. So if you're a big puzzle piece in this oneness, um, how do you fit into the oneness? What are you uniquely blueprinted for? And then how do you figure that out about yourself? And then how do you surround yourself with the right um, people and processes that get you to express that unique thing that you're blueprinted for at its maximum potential. And you have to go on these heroes journeys. It's just a part of it. You enter into the unknown, into areas at, that are literally at the expense of all these other things that you want to yeah, do you're or on to, they, you're, all yeah. this other stuff. And you, and when you come back from this deep exploration into the unknown, you have incredible fruits to share yeah. with the people that um, are your your family, your friends, your community, the world. And so, um, and to actually know how to do that sharing process is just as important as knowing journey. how to go into the, because once the, you come back, yeah. you might have something to say, but you might not have the, the words to explain it. I mean, it's, it's, uh, I, I find people that, that struggle to explain something really challenging. Um, that just means that, wow, they've seen something profound that they can't actually express. There's no words yeah. uh, designed yet to, to explore that territory. And so they must find words. They must create words, you know, and, and then build uh, reveries, right? These, these uh, complex, multidimensional um, visualizations and yes. living dreams yes. and share them with people. Yes, yes, yes. yes. It takes time to yes. craft yes, yes, uh, yes. Uh, these things to, in order to share them. And I, I think it's really cool because uh, I love this point. This is a really important point. You have to when you go when you come back from um, going on to this big journey that you, you sometimes you have to make new words neologism. Sometimes you have mm -hmm. to you have to you have to like we talked about in the last episode. You have to structure these profound realizations in ways that make it relatable for other people to understand yeah. them and it requires a whole again a shift in consciousness a transformation in your own consciousness to be able to know how to share these stories and how to tell these stories just look at all of the best storytellers that have ever existed and try and find the best principles from what they did and also bring in new principles that they've never thought of and share stories in that way and it'll transform other people that that consume those stories and so this is a big part yeah. of what I have to do. I have all of these people that have been teaching us things. And now it's like, how do you take what all these people have been teaching you and how do you find the most first principled understanding of what all of them have been teaching you and then share that with the world? society is missing a most first principled canon of why yeah. we're here, who we are, where we're going, missing it. Clearly yeah. missing it. It's the most missing piece of our fabric of existence. And I've taken on the burden of wanting to bring that into the world, the privilege of wanting to bring that into the world. Yeah. And it requires having the people around me that also help me become the most conscious, the most aware, the most pure, the most resilient um, in that process, because this is not some sort of, a, of an individualistic thing. This is a very... Uh, a non-separation interconnected thing to endeavor into doing i love it i'm obsessed with it yeah storytelling is everything when you but come i kind back. of expect it now like i expect it from people now like i expect originality and uh, it's almost like if you're mediocre or if you're like leaning towards that me mediocre middle like I, I almost can't i don't even i already know that so i don't want to kind of spend my valuable time um doing something that I already understand very well. I, I want original ideas and subjects. And if somebody's explored something that's sort of like 
the only way you could really get my attention. It's not by saying something that I'm already familiar with. So yeah. that kind of, do you think some people have a more of a tilt towards originality versus, um, I guess, mediocrity? You know, and, and what do the people, as long as you want to be in one of those, that's fine. But do you, do you ever find in your conversations or, or in your experience that some people are living in mediocrity but want to kind of explore these areas and, and struggle and what have you done to kind of uh, push them this is also very interesting there's an analogy that i think works really well for this and it's that all of us are colors on a color wheel so even if you want to be uh the color orange that goes and brings um some sort of a profound tra awareness transformation to the planet that impacts a billion people you can be the color orange if you want to be the color blue and maybe you just want to have um, a child with uh, with a partner and you want to raise that child Nothing into the world. That. Yeah, that's the color blue. Maybe you want to be green and you want to target... Just don't get in yellow's way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Orange in this case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Don't get in... Because yeah. the green's already there, you know. Blue in the... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this is, you know, these are, this is a really interesting way of looking at it. Like, in, in, in a sense, I don't even like... Um, saying that people's blueprints are for mediocrity or amateurism or whatever or excellence or whatever mm -hmm. more so just um just like uh whatever you're uniquely blueprinted for it is just your own um unique blueprint and your own unique contribution that you're bringing in the interconnected collective that's moving forward and to actually respect that um uniqueness about yourself and and like uh, certain people are just going to bring more transformation to the world mm -hmm. and certain people are going to bring transformation in a different way that you may not actually see for a long time down the line. Like we had this on another recent episode, just like um, with actually Charles Eisenstein, he just brought up that, you know, you never know that a mom raising a child with a very complicated neurodiverse personality may do an excellent job at that process and then only after that neurodiverse child grows up to find their blueprint and go into the world because their mom did such a good job that then that child maybe three generations down the line actually has one of the most profound impacts on the world mm -hmm. um, their children and their lineage did just because of the way that that mom engaged with um, the child so you oh, never yeah. actually know it's all so butterfly affected around the world and so deeply interconnected that you never actually know so just think of yourself as a unique color a unique instrument that's being played in the collective symphony of awakening of becoming more alive as this creation erupts and gets constructed more and more and just find your puzzle piece in it you're what you're uniquely blueprinted for and love that about yourself and what you're doing here and don't ever let the the especially the age of of follower counts and likes and subscribers and all that type of stuff that drives anxiety and mental torment and stuff like that like be content with your exact role um, and don't let those things get to you. Um, you know, can you feel compersion? Can you feel joy when someone else experiences joy? 
when someone is saying that they've made some profound impact on the world? Is it that you have envy or is it that you have joy for them? Mm-hmm. Can you, can you repattern your behaviors to have joy for when other people feel joy and to not have envy when other people achieve something? And then you're growing the pie and everybody is more about the growth of the pie in the way that the growth of the pie is enabling a distribution of fruits as well, as long as the fabric is implemented in a way that enables the distribution of the fruits rather than feeling like, oh, Tristan has this many things and I only have this many things. We got to get that out of here and we have to focus more on not buying a seventh yacht and a seventh watch and a seventh house, but instead really thinking about what if I gave 30 artists and entrepreneurs and spiritual leaders around the world a thousand dollars each with my thirty thousand dollars what if i did that what kind of butterfly effect would that have on the experiment these are experiments human games you could always kind of find new experiments uh to play with Uh, i have a i actually was thinking about an interesting question i would love to ask you in particular um do you think technology is inherently unfair It just frequently seems like it all comes down to the distribution of it, always. Like, if you're so interconnected with everyone else all the fucking time, then you know that when a person discovers something, a new technology, that it's never about that person discovering them. It's about literally the one, the collective, discovering it. Mm -hmm. And when you feel that way about it, it transforms the way that that technology becomes, oh my God, I need all of the IP, I own all of this, to a how do we democratize the fruits of this around the world as effectively as possible? Because we are all one. All of us deserve access to this technology. Well, well, so AI is the most important one out of all of those, period. As you build super intelligence, can you democratize the fruits of it around the world? So I have this uh, kind of fear uh, a little bit that um, kind of, you know, I always look at uh, fast food as a context. And so I imagine that, uh, you know, people that have, uh, as we mentioned, good data metabolism and good heuristics for deciding on what information they're going to use versus uh, not use and be very selective. Um, essentially, some people are going to be have a, a data diet of uh, fast food, cheap frills right cheap neurons activated and some are going to go for high quality meals you know that kind of really satisfy and are uh taste you know in different ways and the you idea need colors the Again, unique colors yeah, yeah. The, the idea is um some people will choose the fast food while some decide to to use this kind of high quality brand or like eat steaks at a you know restaurant it's not about money it's about actually decision or selection for a specific um uh, approach there it's you know it's the approach that they take so my question is uh with technology what if with ai for example why what, do you think that some people will always select the the ai with the information or the data that is uh cl- unclean because it's cheaper or because it's uh 
you know, simpler to understand. Whereas the people that really want to accelerate and, and create this uh, atmosphere yeah. of just knowledge will choose the highly selective ones and might have to. Basically, I'm worried that there will be four AIs and some will be for the people that appreciate uh, data quality and are intelligent enough to actually uh, select them. And there's those that are going to be uh, subject to human bias and the cheaper ones that uh, I guess the vast majority of society will adopt as fast food AI. I mean, do you see that kind of happening or something that we should be concerned with and potentially even, um, you know, uh, proactive about preventing? Another interesting question. When you play along with the color wheel analogy a little bit further, it kind of takes you into an understanding that are there actually manipulations that are happening to people's psyches where they're actually not able to pursue what they're blueprinted for? Is the social fabric around us just pushing people as unique shapes into the same circular stamps in the machinery and not being able to creatively express themselves? And so when that is is addressed, it, it, it makes it so that every person is able to uniquely express themselves for, for, for when you say like is somebody going to um, approach a fast food style of of an input stream that they're taking mm-hmm. in all of the time um, the answer is uh, that's a unique color on the color wheel but do people know that there are other options that's always the question right. and where does cognitive ease play into effect because if I can just you know just realistically speaking it is literally like just take, give me the instant dopamine. Give yeah. me that feeling of me numbing myself away from my blueprint, away from my fullest potential in the world. And I feel it all the time. You can feel it kind of when you're starting to enter into some of the, 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 you, you notice only an hour or four hours later once you've been on that porn site or once you've been on that 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 uh, Netflix or once yeah once you've been on YouTube or whatever it is Facebook etc Twitter that you're just you're just being just you're not actually pursuing what you're uniquely blueprinted for as much as you're being fed something that's causing you to fit into a different color than maybe what you're uniquely here for. So when you're talking about this, I, I'm, I'm, all, I'm all about this. How do you have a uni- like a bell curve of people to move from a place of a feeling like their uniqueness is not being expressed and how do you help move them into a place into a social fabric where they can express it and i love that and you can leverage ai to do that ai can also be leveraged for serious malevolence it all goes back to the same thing it's an intention even prior to intention is who the are you how awake are you how Mm -hmm. interconnected are you how much do you have a unique communion with all that is because if you don't have those things in place i'm gonna think that you're different than me Mm -hmm. i'm gonna want to self-deal my own self more money to buy another yacht instead of literally realize that you're a divine unique human that has a unique blueprint of an artistic expression into the world that i want to help build something to catalyze exactly that Mm -hmm. if we don't have that awakened shift Big problems happen. Big bifurcations happen in the in the trajectory of civilization when people think that they're 
fucking different from other people. It's not that. It's not that everyone. It's not like this whole. It's so not this whole thinking? post. It's not this whole postmodern. Um, uh, uh, like super. Um, uh, like social justice style of, no. of of putting it. This is not political whatsoever. This is strictly spiritual and scientific. Not political. Spiritual and scientific. We mm-hmm. all come from one. We all come, I don't care if you call it the Big Bang, if you call it source, if you call it all that is God, creation, infinite consciousness, I don't give a fuck what you call it. We all come from one. And if you begin to view it that way, all of a sudden, then I don't have malevolence towards you or anyone else. Right. But do I want to help build a social fabric that makes it so that people can't actually, that can awaken faster and that we can't have someone else killing someone because they weren't awake enough to realize that? Yes. That's the point of architecting that future, that next world. Mm-hmm. So, and, and so that one, I mean, I guess the way I interpret the, you know, when I think about it, uh, I've been having this deep intuition recently that the sun is the source of consciousness like a raw form of consciousness that is uh, basically radiating on the earth and then we uh, create concentrations of that consciousness and act it out. But I guess the source of it is the sun. So uh, you got me with, yeah, I mean, the sun is the one in my opinion, but uh, you know, that's just kind of like a just more go, artistic. Go, go pri- yeah, there's, a, <laughs> there's a way to viewing it in terms of like sub logos. There's a sub logos that is our star. And then there's even above that is a different logos, which is the logos of the actual galaxy. And then past that logos is the logos of the one, the logos of the one. And just, you know, as someone that's scientifically oriented, you know that it all goes back to one source. No. The, the only thing that I kind of... Do you uh, feel that way? That it so, all goes back to one source? So... How could it be two? Explain how yeah, it could not, not be so, one. So, right. It, it, it goes back to one source, um, but that ecosystem intelligence um, required to feel like one, right? To essentially uh, challenge your uh, um, personal uh, kind of... Uh, just challenge your emotions and to engage your brain and your uh, consciousness, or, you know, kind of like a, on a deeper level. You... you challenge that um so i have this intuitive or instinctive feeling that i have kind of you know it could be aggression it could be whatever but at the same time uh, i have this secondary layer that i apply to it which is like yeah but um you know this is for the better good or this is this way and um reconcile these contradictions and i find that a lot of people have these internal contradictions um so so regarding to I think it is a single source uh, that we all come from genetically and uh, obviously, you know, the way life formed. Uh, and I think we're all powered by the same energy sources. Um, this collective consciousness or intelligence that uh, people talk about, um, I think they, uh, they borrow scientific ideas and sometimes not rigorously. So I would encourage them to try harder to, um, you know, don't fit the uh, quantum circle in the uh, spiritual square. You know, because yeah. it muddles the language. I think we should be very careful with language, and uh, that's why the one for me. I think it's um, it is easy to misinterpret or to misuse, and that's why um, I, th- you know, th- so that's kind of my uh, well, resistance stop. to the, the one. Then stop. Then yeah. stop. 
stop the misinterpretation process, yeah. stop the misusing process, stop the over dogmatism of that clear communication just clear Clear communication science and spirituality are two sides of the same coin no you will not be able to advance civilization in the most prosperous way possible if you don't marry the two they have to be married there's no other way forward that maximizes prosperity than the two getting married and actually the marriage of the two has a very big overlap with what's happening in quantum mechanics they have a very big overlap with what's happening with consciousness they have a huge overlap in those fields but to be able to sign use science and the actual scientific method to rigorously probe into um, what is true spiritually speaking and not what is just a myriad of theories science and spirituality both have the same issue in that case when they just have a shitload of things that are false about what they're trying to propagate at the same time falsehoods in science falsehoods in spirituality find the truth and be more and more and more resilient and honored around only having the truth be shined on both of those sides of the coin and you can maximize prosperity so i kind of feel like science is the new religion and uh and and i'm going to justify that by saying um you know i think religions the way i see them as people see them as beliefs and all that stuff i actually see them as uh, hard drives civilizational hard drives it's the it's it's a uh, emergent property of civilization to record history and record um stories and and record lessons that can be broadcasted so it's it's ancient social media religion is ancient social media it records history and stories without it we would basically don't have a hard drive for civilization and now we actually have a hard drive for civilization and and modern social networks are actually kind of taking that role of like recording what happens so the, the, the idea is as an anthropologist right I, I would love to know what happened in ancient rome how they thought how they imagined if uh, if there was a single thing that i could get from rome that would give me an, an interpretation of what it was or ancient greece if they had a social network that would be all i would ever need to understand their civilization at the time it's a recording it's a recorder it's a it's a device for recording human civilization and stories. And I think science has now become this, uh, the new religion because religions were responsible for that. There was no other medium that did that. It's a collective uh, sort of machine that everybody deployed. And, and it, it created the incentives to record and to catalog and, and to put so much energy and effort into uh, understanding the stories and recording the truths. And I find it funny that you know, all of these uh, spiritual leaders, uh, Muhammad and Jesus, and they all underwent this incredible um, uh, spiritual journey. And literally for thousands of years, we've been remembering, trying to remember that feeling that they got, that, that, that experience that they got, the vision, the clarity that they got. Literally entire civilizations were built upon remembering how to get back there, whether it's a, uh, you know, uh, Siddhartha Gautama or, or Jesus, like it, it's incredible that we've in, in architected entire civilizations just to remember uh, how they achieved enlightenment. That's it. That's, it's, a, it's a recording device. If we don't marry science and spirit, we will have more scientists that have never actually felt the interconnectedness of everything, building the artificial intelligences and the other things that we actually don't want people that have never felt interconnected to build. This is the thing. 
I don't care what religion you look at. They no. all point to the same transcendent, trans-psychological feeling of being interconnected with everything, with communing with the infinite. And when you do that, you become a better scientist. Those two things have to marry. And spiritualists understanding fundamental science is also extremely important moving forward. Period. Yeah. There's no separation of the two. But you I can't that- separate two sides of the same coin but i found that a lot of these data scientists and artificial intelligence experts i mean they are really attuned with uh, themselves and self-actualized and spiritual i mean they for the most part they've been uh you know we're very lucky that uh, uh, ai is being um kind of uh, discovered by these people of all people um we're we're very fortunate i have no idea who you're talking about that is a spiritual leader that is building ai because oh meaning scientists scientists okay that are spiritual rather than um so 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 i've found that scientists and ai experts and data scientists in my uh, experience have been very um just intelligent enough to have a broad scope of things so they don't leave out spirituality as far as i've seen they're not kind of automata robots i've actually seen a lot of really deep uh, um um analysis done for social so what i'm saying is i'll agree with you that there's some of that yeah but i still feel like there is way way more people that are unconsciously building advances in science that then mm-hmm. they wonder well why is there wealth inequality yeah, well you- because you literally didn't program with the first principled understanding of our world what you wanted the future to be like yeah. you yourself not experiencing interconnectedness and only this is what i fear intellectually masturbating around what interconnectedness is is exactly the reason why some of these people will come up and say that oh yeah i know transpersonal psychology i know communion with god and then they'll go and malevolently they won't even think twice about the inequality that they that they may make they won't think twice about the way that will destroy our natural ecosystems that we live in with what they build it no longer matters the supply chain that I get this device in if I don't give a fuck about the interconnectedness of everything. Right, right. If I only care about the use of the computational capacities that the device gives me in order to build the AI, then I've lost complete understanding of the interconnectedness of all of the resources that were used in order to put the device together that gives me the computational capacity. So this is a very first principle thing. Every single person that's building the future needs to have feelings of deep interconnectedness prior to actually building it. Otherwise, you'll have a bunch of other symptoms happen. The root is interconnectedness. The root is interconnectedness. Yeah, you know, I, I, I mean, I fundamentally agree with that. And uh, uh, my experience uh, in my conversations, I've, uh, I've kind of penetrated, you know, the uh, scientific soul and I've seen a significant amount of uh, responsibility there. Uh, um, there's a reason why this stuff is, is you know, um, hasn't gone rogue yet. And that's because there's incredible people kind of uh, managing and making sure. Uh, but I think as this technology becomes democratized and anybody could build a super virus or a super AI, like going forward, or you know, a, a network engineered for a specific outcome. You don't um, think this has happened already? 
just just look at what the look at what social networks are right now yeah they, i think there's just so i, th- I think the people that uh, built them um you know sorry to to some of them but i, I just think that they lacked uh, interconnected feelings because if they did they wouldn't have prioritized the attention economy and the money oriented business plans of that paradigm in order to build it they would have thought more from a first principled perspective and they didn't so in this area i feel like they saw what they could see at the time uh with 2020 vision today now you could see the byproducts and outcomes and that's kind of like it's always important to remember that uh what it looked like from there then exactly it's very different from Agreed. what it looks what we're like talking now. about now absolutely yeah. Yeah. these but, things transform and morph over time it's true when you when you look now it's always 2020 vision about how the social network should have been created or why did we even make nuclear weapons in the first yeah. place actually still still it holds true if humans are really deeply interconnected to each other to god to nature to everything around them to all that is if they are they won't build nuclear weapons they won't have ego around this is mine that's yours they won't have uh malevolence around money oriented attention economy oriented business plans on social networks all of these problems are solved from a first principle of interconnectedness i don't think i don't think the CEOs of these big companies around the world, or the 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 um, the the plutocrats, the ones that are trying to govern people that are the wealthiest around the world, have actually had feelings of interconnectedness. If they don't have feelings of awakening and interconnectedness, we are destined for a disastrous future. Yeah, but a lot All of, of a lot of them are getting it now. A lot of them are getting it. So how how what do you have, Mark Benioff? Who else? No do you no, have? no no no. Uh, who well, really? Who else do you have? So so I I attend. Do you have these. the Chinese government and the U.S. government? Do you have the deep state or the people that actually own all of the monetary systems around the world do you have them that are feeling deep states of interconnectedness do you have the people that are funding wars with weapons do you have them having deep feelings of interconnectedness because we don't all of the indigenous elders around the world are all pointing to the same thing right now which is you as a younger brother we as younger brother that has moved into the metropolises and wanted to build 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 create engineer engineer tinker have completely forgotten what the older brother knows which is the deep interconnectedness that we have and that's why we have so many of the disasters that we have around the world it's the biggest yeah. root to all of our issues you know i i think so i think there's a i kind of look at it as uh, we are just evolving and evolution is hard as a species and uh, you know the things the, the the tools that we had before weren't um, good enough for us to really build robust systems, and maybe there just maybe there wasn't leadership. People didn't know. People were innocent. People were stupid. Whatever. Uh, I, I think, you know, whatever happened in the past, I'm sort of a, um, I've learned to think locally, and act, like act locally and think globally. I guess the other one works too. Um, and really, for me, it's uh, what can I influence in my immediate backyard. And these plutocrats, you know, um, I speak to a lot of them and uh, they're sweet, sweet people. I really just want to make that point that I'm serious. Like, uh, honestly, they're good people. Why don't you name a couple plutocrats that are good people? (laughs) Um, Well, look. People that are trying to control other people are not good people. Yeah. 
I, you know, I don't know if they're trying to control. I'm seeing they're trying to influence. Influence in what way? From what first principle are they trying to influence? They're trying to make money. I get it. Wait, but then how is that good? How is that good? It's not good. It's not good. It's not good. But I think that they weren't given mental models uh, or provided the alternatives. And great, and then they're the ones that are trying to build the governments of the future even you, better. You know, they're the one, they, they actually have a, a lot, disaster. They have a lot of stress over this because they actually don't know. And so do their kids because yeah. they've made a disaster. They've, yeah. they've, 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 under the disguise that they've created some sort of a profound value for civilization when out of the several thousand billionaires that are on the planet, that only a very small fraction of them have actually provided a true spiritual interconnected value for the world. And yeah. the other ones are propagating some disastrous meme and disastrous protocols of economic machinery that are among us. And then they're now also trying to defend themselves by reshaping rules and regulations in their own favors through being plutocrats and I think it's governing hard. people? I think it's hard to manage governments. I, I think it's genuinely hard. And I think mistakes were made, but I think it's actually hard. And it's not always crystal clear. Let's, let's give crystal clear examples, okay? Yeah. Okay. If you want to bring some sort of value to the world and you want to make money in the process, Go through a deep period of interconnected feelings that are transpersonal That's a beyond privilege. yourself. That's a privilege. It is not a privilege. It is a first no, 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 principle. No. It's, it's, no, no, no. But it's it used to be a privilege. Now it's become uh, accessible. But I think that it's it, it, you know uh, seriously. Look, yeah. Like, this I'm is actually, good. This is great. Yeah, this I'm way. actually yeah, yeah. saying that uh, you know um, if uh, if it's just like time periods, like different generations. If uh, they didn't know there was another option. So they just did whatever what was uh, done at the time to succeed. But now I'm see- I'm literally see- I go to these things that- where I meet these people and they're actually innocently trying to do better. They might not know how, but they're actually trying. They want to do better. Their actions. <laughs> Um, are not reflective, but they want to do good. And I think it's just uh, they're powerless to even transform or change themselves. Seriously, you know, I, I actually... Tristan, I think, <laughs> I, think, I think you have a very... Um, a, a, a true understanding of a very small percentage of people... Yeah, maybe are, the ones that, that I'm are, around, maybe, yeah. And I think the, I think the rest that are, have been talked about by so many of the other leaders that are critiquing the, 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 the fabric of separation that we all live in are the ones that are being extremely clear about the... It's just, yeah. it's beyond... It's, it's a practical really, approach. So it's, it's, I, I want it's to... It's, 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 this reality is exactly the way it is supposed to be right now yeah it's right, right. because when you're this is why it's such an exciting creation that we're all a part of because it's not a fucking utopia that there are so many disastrous things that are happening and especially the most first principled one which is the root of separation that then are catalyzing all the other symptom issues that make it fun for us to yeah. have to raise to this big challenge and go and solve that most first principled issue of mm-hmm. are the feelings of separation that then solve all the other down the line symptom level issues this is the funnest game this yeah. is the funnest game yeah. Well, yeah. but to be completely truthful about you're about intentions and even prior to intentions is feelings of interconnectedness. Let's take a poll. 
Out of, I believe the number is about 1,500 billionaires right now. Out of them, how many of them have ever experienced ego death? However, how many of them have ever had transpersonal feelings? How many of them have ever felt interconnected to other humans, their ecosystems around them, to nature, to plants and animals, to the air that they breathe, to the water they drink, to the food that they eat? How many of them have truly, right? This is a very subjective feeling Mm -hmm. that you have to try and quantify. But how many of them have? And there are more. More and more people around the world, um, shout out to some of our friends at places like Qualia Research Institute that are doing these things that are scientific experiments. Is that Hacker Collective? Of things like the, the symmetry theory of valence. If you can map using EEG, fMRI, people's brain states that are literally showing you that they have deep feelings of interconnectedness, you could then go and put that... Oh, that array and that analysis technique on the 1500 billionaires and go and see how many of them have ever had feelings of interconnectedness or not, or if they know how to get to those feelings of interconnectedness or not. And my hypothesis from a feeling is that it's 90% of them have never had that feeling or maybe have when they've had a child. They have a child and they go, oh my God, profound feelings of interconnectedness. And then they go back to some sort of extractive manipulative process again. Well, I mean, look, you know, I, I, I'm actually fortunate enough to, to be able to influence uh, these people and a lot of people, a lot of other people. Uh, but, but the wealthy ones, the billionaires, they're just human. They're not really any, they're not special. They just have a lot of resources and Some however they got them. Evil channeling through them. Purpose, purposefully. Maybe. That's maybe. what makes the experiment what it is, this game what yeah. it is. Maybe. But, but I think what's important right now is to actually go in and uh, find those uh, people and, and, and help educate them on how they could um, contribute. Absolutely. And that's, it. Like, that's just a practical Likewise. anthropological approach. Uh, and believe me, I, I honestly believe that they we would be happy the to contribute if they knew how. So it's about us creating clear instructions on what would be the best for them. So you actually have to create games that they um, win in. And you could do that if you understand the symphony of incentives. You could actually um, improve their um, uh, game theory and keep them happy. You know, so it's 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 like you can build stuff that has everybody collaborate and work together. Um, what the fact that they've had fortunes and that they got them in a certain way? I mean, that's that's that tens of thousands of years of history. That that's exactly what's happened in history, and only now can we actually go in a different a direction and attempt to do it the right way. You could actually make a fortune Absolutely. today. By the way, you could become a billionaire today in this way if you create medicine and cure cancer you cure cancer you're going to become billionaire tomorrow and like you can actually do good and make money today so what i'm saying is with all these billionaires like i don't know if they're the appropriate uh, category to target um i think that just generationally we've had uh, different education systems and different incentive structures and the one that exists now gives us the opportunity to fix a lot of the problems that were in the past and uh, that's what we and we should be grateful that it happened and push forward and 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 just kind of try as hard as we can to influence these people and believe me they're just as human as you are and and they they want love and all these things i, I actually they're actually even all, they're all too human. That's actually the, the thing that sometimes you expect stuff from billionaires that 
they don't have and you're like wait a minute but you have a billion dollars and you don't have these uh what's the path to maximum flourishing that's the big question because if you go and try and go to the influencers of the world and the billionaires of the world and you try and go directly to them and go and hey we want you to have feelings of interconnectedness we're going to try and catalyze these feelings of interconnectedness for you so that we can all prosper abundantly more effectively together is that the best approach that's probably one of many good approaches there's lots of other really good approaches at a grassroots level that cause awakening among mm -hmm. collective that then go into the inclusive stakeholding fabrics of the future the new architectures and designs and protocols that then we build our future on top of mm -hmm. i love looking at it both ways mm -hmm. um but i'm still extremely you don't you don't get into this problem uh and then just have uh no nothing to blame the yeah. blame is not on billionaires the blame is on the root of separation that we have felt over the last period of time that has caused us to create these problems i am no longer trying to sell you something because i care about your inclusive fitness but because i want to take money from you yeah that's this big first principle I think we issue. Need to change the the money whole value system um i, I think that's more important it's, it's how do you get to the highest what how it's do you get to the highest how do you get to the highest possible possibility of an enlightened civilization how do you get there it's a root issue, the feelings of separation. How do you catalyze feelings of interconnectedness for people around the world as fast as possible and as safely and as gently, as strategically, as skillfully as possible? Use our networks. Catalyze <laughs> those feelings yeah. of interconnectedness yeah. for all. You use, use these new social networking technologies. So um, one of the things I worry about is that um, these ancient networks ruined the concept of social networks for everybody. They kind of, they started off the gate with anti-social networks. They labeled them as social networks. And now everybody's like, aha, you see, they're all bad. And the, the worst part is that you could actually create beautiful networks that to bring people together um, for a myriad of reasons, whether you love rollerblading or bicycling or, or podcasting. Uh, passion networks right so but people are afraid of these uh, social instruments now so i just think it's uh, hey if it's broken from before make it better fix it uh, and uh, and you'll get the credit for it and you'll actually just be able to influence and improve a lot of people's lives sure, I'll so compete, we love I'll what compete, you're doing i'll compete them i'll we, compete we them. love what you're doing yet it's still one layer past the feelings of interconnectedness you you want to bring people you're bringing people closer to each other for more feelings of interconnectedness concentrating consciousness on given focuses which is beautiful yet there's something that's so deeply first principled that is at lack even in the first place in figuring out the most again skillful way to enlighten people around the world in a non-dogmatic way in a way treat them with love in a treat safe them with, way with a, treat them treat them like people i mean it's very simple like uh, like uh, I, I don't really care if people are uh, not intelligent or have certain limitations i treat everybody like a human being i don't have time for everybody considering you know that i, I have kind of practical goals and stuff but it's like treating everybody with uh, that is conscious with the uh, respect and I, I yeah i guess that's one of the ways that uh, it's it's best to get there but 
in any case, um, that's great. That's yeah. a great first principle. Yeah. But yeah, do you, but do you feel important. that in your heart or is it truly intellectual well, I had to learn masturbation? That. I had to learn that I, over you time. You yourself and me learning it over time. Yes. But saying these words, you can look at someone in the eyes and they can say, I have love for everyone. And then deep down, they don't know what that feels like. They've never felt it. They're playing a game. And that's very important to be strategically aware of. Yeah. You will look right at the devil in the eyes and they will say i love feelings of interconnectedness and then later on they will fucking destroy something for money and 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 keep it under and keep it under the radar so just it's it's much harder to do that today honestly like there's so much society it's harder and 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 so i think that uh last questions and yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. okay so uh, i think i like how we got to this no dude i mean it's a very critical important area to explore most first principle i'm always driving conversation here and and the idea is um you know blaming somebody um maybe but uh, I, I just feel we like... We weren't blaming anyone. Yeah, we were yeah. blaming the roots of feelings of right. separation. Right. That's it. Yeah. So I, I just think that... It's all part of the game. I, I'm excited about now. There's an opportunity to connect people through all these different approaches. And that's the one that, like, honestly, I don't have time at this anymore. I spent a lot of time stressing and being angry about it. Now I kind of just... I only have time to help and connect people and and love and i just don't i forgot how to hate in a in a a certain way really like it's there's you can actually forget and um and i just i i think that that's what everybody should try to do if they can if they're fortunate enough to have the time to look inside Mm, that's really yeah you know uh People have made mistakes, but again, as I mentioned in the previous podcast, it, I actually really, there's kind of like a, a line, a point where whatever you've done in the past, I actually say, fuck it, it doesn't matter. It only matters what you do going forward. That's the only thing I'm measuring. And then if you, if you fuck it up, yeah, we'll get you. But otherwise, um, anything you've done before, man, like it's an uncertain world and it's really hard to know what you need to do what's the right thing to do today i think as we're defining what's the clearest path forward now we could really measure who's deviating from a truly agreed upon um uh, perspective and direction and i think we haven't agreed I, I don't think people like us have even done the necessary we haven't finished agreeing on where we're going to be cutting people off for not getting there that's what i'm saying that we haven't actually succeeded yet in outlining a future path that's worth uh, going towards in order to punish anyone. We haven't set the game rules yet. And I think now we have the tools and technologies and the people and the responsible parties to set the proper game rules. And going forward, I think we can start holding people accountable, but only after everybody's been um, um, given the same set of rules and I think that the one set of rules, like the, you know, I think that is a, kind of a practical approach to this. So, you know, that's, that's kind of, I, I just, I used to be a very angry and now I, I find love and passion and, and humor and, and I try to do humility as much as I can, as much as possible, because that's for me. It's not for them. It's not for you. It's for me. It's selfish. It's a selfish thing to be in love and to feel passion and, and, uh, explore the world. It's selfish to love somebody else, you know, because it's actually hard. And and uh, but but anyway, so so that's kind of uh, 
where I see money systems, all that stuff. I'm sure it's broken. It's very broken, and uh, it's never helped me to be honest with you. I'm, you know, but but uh, going forward, I think we have a chance to make it right, and we got to do it uh, with as much attention to detail as possible. So I, I invite you to collaborate with me on doing that and bringing everybody that's uh, share this uh, that shares this intention uh, together. And I'm I'm pretty sure we could collectively do a lot more um, and just outcompete them, outcompete them with uh, logic and order and and structure and beauty. That's it. Never forget the first principle: we are all interconnected. Yeah, the even feelings of separation are the ones that have caused all of the symptoms that we have in our reality. And thank you for driving conversation in this podcast towards um, who we are, what we care about, what we've become, um, where we're all going. Uh, it's very important for people that view the program Um to know more about who we are in that sense. And also it's important for people that view this on your podcast as well. Mm -hmm. This will be on um, Tristan's podcast as well. For those that are viewing or listening on that platform, this is who we are here over at Simulation and what we care about. So these are important conversations. Join us across platforms. Uh, and these are some of the most important conversations that society needs to be having. And it helps having um, someone else take the role of the interlocutor in the dialectic and because then new things can flower. Yeah. Um, and I really appreciate you wanting to have me on and do that. Dude, and Thank it's you. always about growth and, and just kind of reaching higher for yourself. And uh, again, think, like act locally, think globally. The responsibility for the world is, uh, is ours together, but it's not yours alone. And that's where there's a lot of uh, kind of peace that comes from knowing that you're doing good and you do good locally. And that's like, that is the measurement of true class and spirit. So I've seen what you've been doing and that's actually uh, very impressive, like how much people you've brought together and shared ideas. So, uh, and that's kind of for everybody, just to act locally and hope that your actions manifest and emerge into you know emerging properties globally and and that's what we're starting to experience as a species and you know that's that comes from somewhere so um from that one one place uh, yeah. i love you so much thank you awesome brother thank, thank you so much for this conversation thank and uh, and uh, this was the simulation episode what uh, something around 600 something or other yeah. around 600 thank you guys so much and uh, we're out cheers yeah, let us know your thoughts in the comments. <laughs> I'd love to hear people's thoughts in the comments on this one. This was a really good one. Thanks for manifesting it, Tristan. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thanks, everyone. Cheers.